and we're going. Okay, so hello and welcome to Show Someone Told Me the After Party. This would be a live conversation that we, I love this so much, are having on Instagram, except Instagram loves the cock block. And so where there is a will, there is a way. We tried multiple times yesterday to go live. We tried just now to go live and it's just, it's just not working. And so what we're going to do instead, um, because I feel, Stephen feels, this is still a valuable and important part of what we are doing with Should I Wish Someone Told Me. And so what we're going to do in our time together right here now is we are going to recap what we spoke about in the episode. Stephen's going to do that for us in just a second. We're going to share what you had to say in the poll results from this week. And then we're going to make sure to answer any questions that were there. If we were live, we would live coach. It might in the future look like us having someone like join us on the Zoom Zooms if we decide to do it this way and coach them. Um, but I would like to eventually take it live if that would work in theory. And so I don't know if that's going to be happening on the TikTok. I don't know if that's going to be happening on Instagram. That's going to be a to be determined kind of a thing. Um, no housekeeping because it's just us. So we can keep our own houses. We've we, You're welcome to my house anytime. And so um, what we are going to do, like I said, is talk about the recap. This week we spoke about flourishing. And Stephen really broke down the science of what it means to flourish, what happens within our bodies, with our hormonal cascades and all that good stuff. And so if you don't know Stephen, he's been on the show multiple times. This is Stephen Westbrook. And, uh, you know, if you would go ahead and tell everyone, you know, give us a high level recap, Cliff Notes version, whatever you want to call it, of what we talked about in the episode this week. Uh, yeah, so I think um, we had a great conversation, um, which all of our conversations are great, but I think it's really important right now um, because we're in a state of turmoil, mm-hmm. um, especially with um, the Roe versus Wade um, uh, turnover. Um, there's so much gun violence going on. Um, we're about to hit a recession. Gas is ridiculously high. Um, what the, the environmental protection agency rollbacks. I, I'm telling you, immigration. Um, the it's just so many things that these. There's so many external stimuli that could have a negative affect on you. Um, but it's important to um, to constantly be in a state of flourishing, but also understanding that it's okay not to be flourishing. Um, Because even when you don't feel like you're flourishing or when your experience doesn't say you're flourishing, the downtime, the bad time is also important for you um, because it gives you a reference point of growth, right? Um, And we were talking about how your baseline grows. Sometimes it's static, sometimes it shifts. It can shift up, it it can shift down. And so when we think about flourishing, it's on a scale. So uh, the scale, the the most notably known scale is mental illness, languishing, mild mental illness, and um, flourishing. And it's very black and white in my opinion, Um, but I think there should be more grace when it comes to flourishing because there's so many levels to your flourishing experience um, and they're not always going to be aligned um, so you have your mind, your body, your spirit, right? Um, even if you don't believe in God, there is still something metaphysical about who we are, something that's intangible that makes us distinctly human and, and different from animals, right? Um, that yes, we are evolved beings, but at the same time, we are, uh, we're evolved, but at the same time, we are constantly growing, but I think there was some type of uh, grand design. Um, I can't say, for me, it was God. Um, Everybody else, it may be different. Um, But the levels of flourishing and the different parts of our lived experience is going to be based on um, so many things, so many experiences. So you can flourish in your body, um, and that's the fitness aspect, right? And that's one of the things that we most often talk about that's the thing that you see most on instagram is are you flourishing in your body is your fitness at its peak level right that's Um, the thing that's easiest to measure as well as we spoke about because you can feel it in your body right you can see see the numbers yeah exactly you can see it um with your mind it's more so uh it could be from a um 
acquisition, a learning acquisition perspective. Um, additionally, um, and your mind, it could be from a disordered perspective, a mental illness perspective. Um, and then lastly, it would be spiritual. Like how do you feel, and we don't even have to say spiritual, we could just say the other. How do you feel emotionally, right? Because very much our emotions are tied to the chemical experience in our body, but then there's also a metaphysical experience to our emotions, something that we cannot quantify. And so um, there's so many different layers to the flourishing experience um, that they can be broken down and they can also be conjoined. Um, for the nature of this conversation, we're gonna be very superficial, right? Um, we're just gonna hit the dermis of the, of the idea of flourishing. Um, from a total experience, how do you feel? Do you feel like you're flourishing? And so the foundation of um, positive psychology, so flourishing is a positive psychology um, ideal um, it's a foundation. Um, surprisingly, I just found out the man who coined it, um, Dr. Seligman, well, not coined it, but the who like pushed it to the frontier that it is now, um, Dr. Seligman, he's actually at uh, Penn, my alma mater, which I didn't know this, he's actually the, the chair of the positive psychology department. Um, so I actually reached out to him because I would love to get some feedback about some of the research that I've been doing. So hopefully I'll have an update for you guys about this exact discussion. Um, but he came up with these five tenets um, called PERMA. So it's uh, positive affect, there's engagement, there's relationship, there is meaning, and there's accomplishment. And uh, there, these things are the foundation for um, discerning if you're in a flourishing state. So if you're flourishing, you will have positive affect, meaning you have positive emotions, and those emotions will produce a positive behavior and a positive express behavior and internal express behavior. Um, engagement, you are actively working in your community, actively participating in relationship with your family, actively participating in your profession. Like you are presently in your shit and you are like, you know what, I'm winning, I feel good about it and I'm, I'm thriving, right? Um, relationships, that could be familial, that could be romantic, that could be platonic. Those relationships are healthy, they're edifying. So there is relational equity within those relationships. They pour into you, you pour it to them, and that is built on the previous two, engagement and positive affect. Um, and then from having healthy relationships, um, from having engagement in your community and your lived experience, and from having those things cause cultivating positive affect, it will develop a meaning in you. You will start to understand why you're here, right? You'll understand, okay, the purpose of my experience. How can I support others? Um, how can I support myself? How can I support my family? You really start to understand, or you get an understanding objectively um, of why you're here, right? And that could be from an external perspective or from an internal perspective and subjectively you can say, okay, this is my meaning, right? I define my meaning based on all of these positive emotions, these healthy relationships and me being engaged, it all circles into one another, right? So all these things are needed to define your meaning and your meaning, is, and then from there you go into accomplishment. Your accomplishment is based on your meaning, right? Because in the meaning perspective, you build goals, right? You set goals for yourself. And if you have healthy relationships, that you're engaged in and they produce positive affect, they will push your meaning, they will push you to your meaning, and then they will push you to set the goals and accomplish the goals. Like we have a really healthy relationship. Um, there's positive affect between us. I don't think we've ever argued, ever. Like, like there's never been any issues within our friendship. Um, there's consistent relational equity. Um, we don't always agree on things, 
we challenge each other and I'll be like, no friend. And you be like, no friend. Like we <laughs> challenge each other. We be like, it's been plenty of times you be like, mm-mm, <laughs> Steven, no. And I'd be like, yes. And you'd be like, no, you're wrong. And then I had to step back and I had to say, okay, why is she saying no? Is she, pre- is she providing me feedback? Is she giving me um, viable data that I can utilize to challenge what I know? And usually 10, nine times out of 10, it's like, yeah, you're wrong. And, and I have to accept that. And then I also look at the relationship. I look at the fact that it's healthy, um, that there's a positive affect, that we are constantly engaged in the same circles and a very similar lived experience, um, and that our meanings are aligned. And that produces a relationship of challenging each other's accomplishments. When you are in a healthy relationship with people, all of these things are going to filter into one another. They're going to pour into one another, and they cultivate this state of flourishing. In yoga, we talk about the koshas. So there's five koshas. There's the anamaya kosha, there, which is the body practice, right? It is the food, the sustenance of your practice. So the asanas, the movements, feed you, right? Then there's the pranamaya kosha, which is your breath practice. Then there's the manamaya kosha, which is the mind practice, which is the challenge to the ego. There is the Vijnanamaya Kosha, which is the wisdom from your practice, and the Anandamaya Kosha, which is the bliss. All of these things cycle into one another. Think of like cups. They're constantly pouring into each other. And the energy is never lost, right? Um, it just flows from one cup to another. And sometimes you pour a little bit into each cup. Sometimes you pour all of it into one cup. But constantly there's always water, a little bit of water left in each cup. There's always a little bit of energy left in each cup. And they pour into one another in the same way that PERMA does. So you have these five standardizations that should constantly be pouring into one another. Your positive affect should be feeding your engagement. Your positive affect should be feeding your relationships and your meaning and your accomplishments. Your accomplishments should align with your relationships and they should align with your engagement. They align with and they should produce positive affect in you. So they all fall into the same basket and they pour into each other. And what that does physically, you feel it in your body, chemically and energetically. So the primary chemicals that are really important into it, to our experience, serotonin, oxytocin, dopamine, um, these are the foundation for our flourishing system, right? So for flourishing to positively occur in the body. So dopamine is involved in the pleasure reward centers of the brain. Um, it's really important that these, uh, that these centers are actively um, and effectively um, cultivated. Um, so setting realistic goals, having healthy relationships, um, your goals should align with your meaning. All of these things align with the dopaminergic centers in the brain. So they cause a feel-good feeling, a positive reinforcement chemically and physiologically in your body. So what you do outside of your body, the relationships you engage in, how you express yourself in relationship and and your lived experience is going to cultivate a chemical interaction in your brain and you'll feel it in your body. Serotonin is important because it is the discipline, in my opinion, it is the discipline chemical, right? Um, if we think of it from a very purely um, neurochemical perspective, um, it's the molecule that wakes you up and tells you to go to sleep, right? It also uh, modulates your learning cycles, um, how you inf- how you compute information, um, how you internalize uh, external stimuli, all of that is really important. And then oxytocin, um, which is the love drug, when you have positive feelings and you have uh, intimate, healthy relationships, it produces oxytocin, um, which is the love drug, which is that feel-good hormone when when something positive happens in your life, right? And it feels good to you. And we're not talking about like that toxic positivity. We're talking about it's actually like, okay, this is good in my life. This is making me be a better person. This is helping me be healthier and more presently engaged. That type of feeling, um, that hormone helps to cultivate that in your body 
um, and oxytocin and dopamine, they work synergistically because we lean into the things that make us feel good and that present reward for us. Healthy relationships, we talked about this, leaning into the people that are good for us, it produces intimacy. The intimacy increases the oxytocin. Oxytocin is tied to our pleasure reward pathway. So then we start to learn that, okay, if I cultivate healthy relationships that produce positive affect, that keep me engaged, aligned with my meaning, and set realistic goals that are accomplishable, then that in my brain is going to cause me to grow and that makes me flourish. Yeah, and I think, so, I mean, that, that's a thorough um, overview of like what we spoke about. <laughs> and the main theme that we kept coming back to was what Stephen has touched on in regards to relational equity and being in these healthy and positive relationships. And so I love that we're doing this new format because, you know, now that you have the ability to listen or watch the episode on Monday, you get to kind of let it process and marinate and see how it comes up for you throughout the week. And so I wanted to share some things that came up for me personally throughout the week in regards to the conversation we had on flourishing and what that looks like with our overall observation. I mean, Stephen, I think you called this out that like, you know, it really comes down to having healthy relationships and some things that happen, like you've just shared, you know, hormonally, like within the body, and, you know, also with just like how it works and how it all like, you know, goes hand in hand with one another to relate back to PERMA and, you know, these tenets that are necessary for flourishing is when we have healthy relationships, it's something where you feel safe enough to disclose things. You feel safe enough to go to those dark places that maybe you don't feel safe enough to go to by yourself. But because I know my friend Steven's there with me. I'm okay to talk about it. It's not going to, you know, make it all comfortable, cozy. Like I got my bedroom slippers on and I'm drinking like some hot cocoa, but knowing that I have Steven there to, you know, just be with me in the pain, in the sorrow, then it makes it less uncomfortable. And knowing that I have him there for that support, because, and we spoke, we speak about this in the episode itself, which I highly recommend you go take a listen but we speak about the fact that, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like I speak about this all the time. We need to experience love and belonging before we can experience self-esteem and self-actualization. And so with that, it's something where we have to have these relationships whenever, you know, we've been told by like, you know, popular culture, like you don't need nobody, like, you know, you can be independent, do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. That's like that, that type of division, like that's not true. Like that's not true. Like on a, basic like could you do it yourself yeah but if we look back into societies like we thrive in community we need community it's how people survive it's how we've gotten to where we are two brains are better than one we're probably going to be able to come up with a better idea collectively if Stephen and I sit down and try to think of a solution than we would if I just try to you know sit in my corner with my limited perspective my lived experience try to think of something and Stephen does the same with his we might come up with stuff that works, but chances are that, I mean, there's a high probability, like not, not even like chances, like the odds are like almost certain that we're going to come up with something together that is better than we could ever have considered right. by ourselves. And the way, or one of the ways that this has showed up over this past week for me is one of my friends and I voice note back and forth. And it's something where I think we all do that, right? Like some shit goes down. What do you do? You phone a friend you vent it out, you get it off your chest, like you talk about it. And oftentimes it's something where the voice note's cool because instead of having that immediate back and forth exchange, the voice note is more one-sided in the moment. And so it allows you the opportunity to work through whatever it is that you're thinking to the point where what happens sometimes is like, you'll, you'll have your own realization. You'll come to the conclusion of like, oh, well, actually, I think this is what's happening, or ooh, maybe maybe this is why I did that. Or I think now that I'm actually saying this out loud, I think I know what I need to do, kind of a thing. And that's something that most of us just don't take the time to ever do when we're alone. But knowing that I have that person that will hear me out 
that will validate my experience, then I'm going to be more apt to, more likely to actually share that information. And then as a byproduct in doing so, it's something where, um, you know, you're then able to come to your own conclusions. And another way that this showed up over this week is when we think about, um, you know, our own points of view. And like I said, like my experience, like Steven's experience, your experience, it's something where we can only, we only know what we know. And if we are looking at the same thing based on our experience, then it's something where, you know, we are each bringing our own background to that experience. And so it's something that whenever we come together in community that we're able to say like, oh yeah, like that's similar to my experience or whoa, no, that's totally different. And we're able to start to have this communication and look at different perspectives and just empathize more with one another and also get to know ourselves and see how we respond to whatever it is that other person is sharing about their experience. And so, um, yeah, those are just some things that I wanted to share to point out the validity in what you said and to be a testament to what you said about how it relates back to relational equity and having those healthy relationships. And so, yeah, I definitely just wanted to share that. So that's what I had to say about that. I love how you talk about, like, and I love how we, we, we started this conversation just talking about flourishing, but at the root of everything about shit I wish someone would have told me, it boils down to relationship and communication. Yeah. Um, and I think like, as we think about like flourishing in our body, um, you ha it's based on communication. Like you have to have that internal dialogue with yourself and then you need community to help you define the internal dialogue because we don't always have the words and the answers and we can't always clearly define how we feel but when we are in healthy intimate relationship with another person you can say hey this is how I feel is this right is this wrong can you affirm me can you challenge me um, how can how else can I think about my experience? How can I more clearly define my experience? You become your best self. You get to a state of flourishing when you are in relation when you are a healthy relationship with yourself and you are a healthy relationship with others. Um, I think about like like when we think about the the chemicals and the the neurotransmitters in the body, right? Serotonin is a neurotransmitter in the body. It is the communication system of the body, right? If is this neurotransmitter is not being translated, you know, among the, the the neurons and the nerves, then the communication is going to cease, right? The, there's the 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 final result is not going to occur because the communication was not had. So, like when we think about serotonin, serotonin is most often is most often and notably assigned to your circadian rhythm, waking you up and um, making you go to sleep, but it also regulates your anger, your aggression, your impulsivity. So when we have healthy relationship, right, and we understand that flourishing is tied to serotonin release and it's tied to how we navigate um, our emotions, how we navigate trauma, how we navigate stress. When we are in healthy relationship, that healthy relationship activates positive serotonin release. So it's going to just put you in a more positive state, energetically, emotionally, but also neurochemically. Um, so you'll notice that when you are in healthy relationship with your friends and your family and or whoever you are doing healthy relationship with, you're less angry, you're less impulsive, you're less stressed because that relationship energetically has an effect on your body chemistry. And I think the relationship is the thing. So often we think about like, oh, the power of the mind, the power of me, but we really need to lean into the power of we, right? Ooh. How can I start to lean into my community to help me grow? How can I also be a part of the community to help the community grow? How can I be a support system? How can I affect change on a neurochemical level in another person? Me understanding the state of flourishing, right? The five tenets of flourishing, me feeling it in my body on a chemical level, on a, um, on an emotional level 
saying, hey, this is what I've done to get myself to a state of flourishing. This is how I feel in my body. This is how you may feel in your body if you try this as well. Let me be in relationship with you to help you get to understanding of your meaning. Um, build positive affect in your experience, help you reach your goals, get to a state of accomplishment. Like the relationship I think has to be the primary focus of PERMA. And it's funny because at the in the middle of everything that holds it all together, you got P-E-R-M-A, in the middle is the R, the relationship. And I think that stands out most importantly because the relationship cultivates everything else. Your relationships affect your accomplishment, it affects your meaning, it affects your engagement, and it affects your positive affect. And if we think about flourishing um, just from a top-down experience and from a total totality experience, relationships is the most important aspect of flourishing. Yeah. Yeah. That's some good shit that you just shared right there. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, and it's kind of, you gave me an idea for another episode. Like, you know, which comes first? Is it whenever we have the better relationship with ourselves that mm. the relationship with others come? Or is it whenever we get the relationship with others that we then therefore develop the relationship with ourselves? And I I don't want to go, I don't I don't want to, like, <laughs> let's not go on that detour that's right good. now. That is, but, right? that is, that's a good one. That's good. That's good um, yeah, I don't want to take that me detour. Think. Do what? That's making, that's making me think. Yeah. Um, it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? And so, um, yeah, let us know. Comment below, slide into our DMs. Let us know what you think. Does it, you know, come from relationships with others or improve relationship with yourself? Like, which comes first? But we'll have that topic. We'll we'll we'll, we'll have that. We'll have that conversation um, for a whole ass episode all on its own. Uh, right now, I want to dive into the poll results. So yes. we asked you. What is some shit that you wish someone told you about flourishing? And so I'm just going to read off what some of the responses were. So one of the responses was our court, our our culture. What the fuck? Our culture <laughs> equates flourishing and everything else with money. Figured the truth out early though. Another comment said it's okay to flourish over the set bar that we made for ourselves, mm. which I think is important. Um, flourishing doesn't have to be an individual effort which is what the fuck we just talked about like what we've been talking about to begin with and this one <clears throat> there's a deeper connection with yourself that needs to be established if you're not flourishing you can't go around blaming everyone or everything else mm. that's my damn client y'all well my previous client but yeah my, my client slid into the comments with that one so um yeah. What are your thoughts on these responses of shit that someone shit that people wish someone told them about flourishing? Um, I agree with the first comment. I think when I thought of flourishing just from uh, my base knowledge of what flourishing was, it was tied to money. And right. Success right professional success right flourishing in your career like how often i've heard that right um but i think for me um, especially in a, me being in a state of languishing presently and um and having experienced challenge with my business with family um within my personal life my professional life um it made me question if i was flourishing Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't feel like I'm flourishing. I'm like, everything's fucked up, <laughs> right? Um, but I think about how I'm dealing with it, mm -hmm. right? The fact that I still find joy in the midst of my chaos, in the midst of my turmoil, in the midst of my pain, I still find joy. I wake up every morning with joy to get up and teach and to lead others to their wellness. And that for me is me flourishing. Um, because money comes and goes, right? Um, people come and go. Um, but your identity, your sense of identity has to be a staple at all times. Like you have to know, and I don't want to even say baseline, but you have to, your foundation. Your foundation should be something that you know, all right, if my house collapses, I still have my foundation. I can still rebuild off the foundation and that's one of the things that I'm at right now I'm like you know what like the house that I built it collapsed and it's okay 
my foundation is still firm. I just clean up the debris and I'll start over. I need to use better materials. Um, I need to get a better team to help me build. Like, it's so important that we start to change. Like we did when we were in coaching training, imagery is such a powerful tool when it comes to developing your lift practice. Um, and I think as we think of flourishing, it should be looked at from the per, per perspective of building a house, right? Your foundation is um, you having a healthy relationship with yourself. Um, and, but that has to be, you can't really, I, I don't think you, you can only grow so much within your own space um, right. before you need external. Because you only know what you know. Right. Yeah. You, you, you need some shit somebody else is telling you, right? So I think like, you know, you need your foundation is based on you getting to know yourself and then also you being able to discern the external information that you receive from others, knowing whether it's good or bad for you. And then from there, you build healthy relationships and those healthy relationships help you build the structure of your home. And then you need somebody else to come put the walls in. You need a plumber, you need an electrician, you need all these people to support you in the endeavor of building your home, building your temple. And we talked about this, like you can't build your body by yourself. The idea of, I love Issa Rae, but she said something recently at an award ceremony. She said, entrepreneurship, I did that shit by myself. Nobody does anything by themselves. It's impossible to do anything by yourself. And even if you did it by yourself, it's going to be very lonely. And so we're not creatures of solitude. We have moments of solitude, but we're creatures of community and relationship. And that's one of the things that the, the comments said, like relationships are really important to your overall growth. Yeah. Um, being able to have those healthy relationships allows you to flourish even more because yeah. they just elevate you. Yeah, yeah. And I also, another comment, thank you for that. Another comment that was shared was that it's okay to flourish over the bar that we made for ourselves because I think that a lot of people can relate to that. Like we have these expectations about like, you know, this is my goal. And if we go over that, then like that might make some people uncomfortable if mm. we like achieve too much, whether that be our family members or our peers. Like if, if someone sees us, you know, doing better than them, then they can feel some type of way about it because that's their own insecure, right? Mm. And instead of being in a healthy, like, hey, cool, like, how'd you do that? Let's, let's, you know, would you mind helping me? It's something where there's that fear of rejection from the community or that fear of being left behind that prevents us from actually taking action on that. And if you want to learn more about the fears, sidebar plug, the whole month of October, 2021, we did fear conversations. And so yeah. definitely check those out because we talked about a lot of, you know, is your fear cock blocking you? Um, you know, are you afraid or are you just uncomfortable? Steven and I had that conversation. What are the five primal fears? And so, um, yeah, we talked a lot about that. So um, that's definitely a great listen if you are looking to something to listen to. And then uh, the deeper connection with yourself, you can't go around blaming everyone. So yeah, it, so that's again, and that was made right after the comment that someone else said about, you know, you doesn't have to be an individual effort. So it's again, like that chicken and the egg, like, you know, you need both, like they kind of go hand in hand and you need both. And so, yeah, I love these comments and thank you to everyone that shared them. Um, what we also asked, or do you have something you want to say? Mm. Okay, cool. So what we also asked was right now, as it stands, would you say that you are flourishing? 50% said in some areas, 33% said yes, and 17% said no. I think that that makes sense. I, I also answered when Stephen asked me this question, I was like, in some areas, yes, um, and others, no. So I think, I, I think, to be honest, I think those numbers are skewed. Um, if we just were to, from a scientific perspective, to look at all the data, look at everything that's going on right now, um, I think the numbers would shift dramatically. Um, I think a lot of people are, aren't being honest with themselves about flourishing. Um, I think more people, I think if people fully understand what flourishing is, and that it's okay not to be in a state of flourishing, right? To understand that, like, 
like I think we have a misconception of flourishing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the that's the primary statement. We don't fully understand flourishing um, unless you're a positive psychologist, and even they don't fully understand flourishing because the human psyche and the human experience is constantly evolving and changing. I think that if more people were honest, they would say, like with themselves, they would say that they're not flourishing um, just based off everything that's going on. Um, You have gas prices that are ridiculously high. You have a war in Ukraine. So, but question, what if, because we're all looking at shit through our own lens, what if these people are looking at all that and taking that to an account and being like, you know what, compared to the rest of this shit, I am flourishing. (laughs) That, that perspective too, that perspective too. Yes. Um, I think, and I don't want to say from a pessimistic perspective, but I think from the perspective of really challenging people to be honest with themselves, to really say, okay, what defines my flourishing state and what defines my non-flourishing state? I think people would start to say, and if we look at it from just the perspective of the things that are positive in my life that cause positive affect and um, health in my life, um, I think, I just, I don't know, I, I don't know why it just came to me. I just think people are less honest about the positive versus the negative in their life. And I think we're pushed to be more positive in our life and to avoid the negative. And understand that it is okay to, the negative is part of the flourishing experience. The bad part is part of the flourishing experience. Being on the other side of the spectrum is part of the flourishing experience. You have to experience languishing in order to experience flourishing. And I think that if we started to really understand the difference between the two, we could be more practical and honest about our experience. Um, I don't know, I'm gonna gonna run a poll myself. And I'm gonna gonna do one in person, I'm gonna do one on social media, because I really wanna see how much people are gonna be honest about their experience. Because I think, I know myself, like, I had to really check and say, am I flourishing? Am I not flourishing? And I had to break it down and I had to say, okay, if, if we broke ourselves down into three things, mind, body, spirit, I'm flourishing in my spirit. My mind and my body, I'm probably in languishing, to be honest, right? So if that's 33%, that would be what, a fail, right? And this is just, I'm being, this is, I'm being crude. Um, so let's just for myself, let's say, all right, 33% of me is flourishing. Uh, can I technically say that I'm completely in a state of flourishing? No, I'm flourishing in some areas and other areas I'm not flourishing. Well, so that my total ex- so, yeah. Right. So and the, to- the total experience, can I really say I'm flourishing? And for me, I would say no. I say, no, I'm not flourishing. And that is not a negative. For me, that's a call to action to say, okay, what more can I be doing in my body? What more can I be doing in my mind to get my mind and my body to where my spirit is? And for me, that's the honest part. And that's all I want for people to say is, okay, I'm not flourishing in all aspects of my life. And in the areas that I am flourishing, what am I doing that is making me successful in this space? How can that translate to the areas that I'm not successful, right? And even success, I don't even really like to use that word, but um, where, I'm not, where, where there is a lack of growth and progress, I would say. Yeah. Well, I wonder for me, and I wanna move on to the next question because we spoke about what areas or we asked what areas, but I wonder if some people, like I think we need something to say like, yeah, I'm doing good there just because, I mean, the past couple of years have, I mean, depending on who you are, like what we're taking into account, it's been some shit. It's been some shit. And I think that a lot of, I know for me personally, everyone um, except white man. Well, Jesus. Um, I I know for me personally, (laughs) um, I'm just tired of being sad. And so I want to focus on the good. Like I understand the importance of like, you know, negativity bias and like how that serves us on a biological like primal level and at the same time i think that it's important to seek out these moments and these spaces where we are flourishing like Mm. you said like in your spirit because like it's it's exhausting to feel like shit all the time yeah and you know 
feeling your feelings has a time and a place. And I definitely encourage people to do that when it is safe and, you know, to process what's going on. And at the same time, like for me personally, there's only so much I can take. Like there's, there's only so much sadness I can take before I'm like, fuck this shit. And so, yeah, I mean, everything is subjective. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we, I'm glad that 50% of people can say that, yes, they are flourishing from in some areas and 33% can say like just yes, period, because that's an 83% total of people that would say they're, they're, they are flourishing at least some way. Mm-hmm. And considering all the shit that's going on, I think that's fucking right. So okay. um, those are my thoughts on that. The areas we asked, so I mentioned that we asked, you know, in what area would you say that you're flourishing the most? We asked health, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, relationships, self, others, and experiences, um, finances, and then other. So 38% said health. So mental, physical, Mm -hmm. emotional, spiritual, which I think is cool. Like we're in, you know, this movement where a lot of people are focusing more on body positivity and mental health and wellness, and not just from like a, you know, like do some bicep curls, like get skinny kind of an approach. And so that's cool to me. 31% said that they would say they're most flourishing in relationships, either with themselves, with others, or with experiences. 23% said other, and the people that slid into my DMs with that response, they either said that it was a job that they're flourishing, like in professional in that regard, or that it's all of the above. Like they're really doing better comparatively to where they were with their health, with their relationships, and also with their finances. Finances was the lowest, which I'm not surprised at, Um, you know, if if you live in America. So only 8% of people said that they're flourishing in their finances. Mm -hmm. I would love to see the, like, look at the, for that, look at like a a scale of like the socioeconomic dispersion. Like people who said, uh, the 8% that said that they felt like they were flourishing and they are flourishing or they're not. They are flourishing the most is this question. I would love to see what those people do. Um, and I would love to see what their socioeconomic background is. Yeah. Um, but more so, I would love to see what they do because I would like to see if they find meaning in what they do mm-hmm. and if it there's healthy, positive relationships and if there's positive affect and accomplishment and engagement, does that have any bearing on their financial flourishing? Yeah. That would be really interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know what to expect from this question, Mm. Um, but yeah, I do think it's cool that yeah, health and relationships and then yeah, all of the above. Like, I think that that's cool. So the majority think, of it. I wasn't surprised that people, that not a lot of people said finances. Do you think it's easier to manage things that are within your control versus things that are, because it seems like finances aren't really in our control. Like you have to work and then someone pays you. Um, like to an extent we have a certain modicum of control because like you can't make money. Like it's not like you can, it grows on trees. Right. But your, your health and your wellness Those are things that you can, excuse me, actively control, right? You can control how, to an extent, how your body looks and how your body moves by exercise and eating properly, getting good amounts of rest. But also like genetics and, you know, disease and things like that. So, so yeah, I don't, what what was the question? What was the question that you asked? (laughs) Do I think that they can control them? Do I think that these are things that are within control? I think that... The things that people said that they feel that they're flourishing most in the areas, health and relationships, I think that those are things that we have been told for a long ass time that they're important. And so we've gotten a good handle on them or we okay. have arrived at a place where we can accept where we are with them. Mm-hmm. And we know that not all relationships are perfect, right? Where we know like, you know, sometimes like you got to cut that crazy family member off kind of a thing um with your health you know like no matter how hard i work out my body might never look like that just because that's genetically not how my body is predisposed to look and so i think that a lot of us are having this awareness and so that is putting us in a space 
where we are primed to flourish within that because now we accept, you know, what it is for like, you know, who we are and like what things are, um, whether they are within our control or not. And we're learning the tools to navigate because we've been told for so long, like, hey, this shit's important versus finances. I think that, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I didn't get a lot of here's how to invest kind of stuff. You know, like I didn't. Right. Like I knew like money's important kind of a thing, but it was never about a here's how to have good financial help as much as it was about here's how to have good physical health. Here's how to have good emotional like mental health. Here's how to have a good relationship. You know, that's like plastered all over the pages of Cosmo, but it's never really so much about finances. And so I think, um, I think a lot goes into why people are flourishing in those response, those areas. Yeah. And, and so much about finances is a game. Yes. It's so much hidden and it's like so much wealth is generational, information yep. is generational. Yep. There's that's a that's a whole conversation, friend. Should I wish somebody would have told me about money? <laughs> money. Damn. Yeah. And also, you know, perspective. Like if I grew up with a dirt floor and now I live in an apartment, <laughs> I'm flourishing. You know, like like but an apartment for someone like renting like that might not be flourishing because maybe they grew up in like you know a different type of environment and so i think perspective like it all just depends but um i'm glad to see that people are flourishing in these areas when we asked in what area do you want to flourish mm-hmm. interesting split so 33 percent said help okay. another 33 percent said guess what finances yep okay and then 17 and 17 said relationships and other hmm that's interesting um i would think that relationships would be more important um because we especially because of the pandemic like we were separated from each other for so long well i think Um, now people have social anxiety (laughs) Oh, that too. People might just be, and then from being stuck. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at that. I'm just like. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Being stuck in a house with your loved ones could have just like burned you out. So. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I wasn't surprised by that. Um, okay. Yeah. And then we did get one question, only one question. And it was, um, what questions do you have about flourishing is what we asked. And someone wanted to know what does flourishing look like, which, I mean, listen to episode 56 where we give you an extensive yes um walkthrough and also i mean steven gave you a really good you know intro with this as well um it's multi-layered we talked about the science behind it i love positive psychology barbara frederickson is my woman um actually she's out of the university of north carolina at chapel hill so so yeah um listen to that and then Think about what it looks like for you, which is something that we spoke about in episode 56 as well. So um, those are our questions. Those are what you had to say. Those are our answers. Now I want to do something that's really fun before we wrap up. And I don't know if you prepared for this, but it's in the agenda. So uh, I'm going to ask you some questions, kind of rapid fire-ish. Okay. You ready? Yep. All right. What's a life hack you wish you knew sooner? Credit cards. What? like to buy like to use them yeah how to use them oh like you put money and then pay it off so you get the points yeah Mm, cool all right same all right what's an awesome book that you wish that someone have told you about sooner uh the architecture of yoga and the architecture of the spirit all right cool name a feel-good go-to thing that everyone needs to know food What kind of food? Fatty foods. Okay. Uh, what do you wish all <laughs> clients knew before working with you? I'm a psycho. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, what is something in your life today that you get really excited about that younger Steven would look at you getting excited about and be like, shaking my damn head? I'll give you an example. For me, it is nonstick cookware. Young Jonna would have been like, What? That's a fucking pan. So. <laughs> insoles. It's like shoe insoles? 
Yes, I get so excited about insoles. Insoles and really good socks. <laughs> okay, that I think that applies. <laughs> I get, let me tell you something. My feet, because I'm on my feet so much, mm-hmm. and then I walk around barefoot in the yoga studio all mm. day. So, like, my feet are, are killing me. So then, when my, oh, when I put my insoles in, like, when I slide my feet into my insoles, oh, it's like heaven. It feels so good. Do you have high arches? Um, on, on, so one of my, one of my feet, I have a high arch and then one of them has dropped. So I'm training it to, I'm sure. trying to train the muscles. Um, and I wear compressor, com- like compression socks when I run and those feel so good for <laughs> your feet. Yeah. You know, I like stance socks and I never understood why they were so expensive until I put them on. They do like give your foot a little hug. Mm. I like power socks. You can get them on Amazon. Shameless plug. Now, I don't have any stock in the company, but I do love their socks. Um, I probably should get some <laughs> stock after this. But, um, yeah, they're really, really comfortable. Okay. Okay, cool. Wow. I look at what I'm learning about my friend today. Okay, so insoles is what you get really excited about. Um also, room spray. You were talking about a room spray that you got that you were really excited about. Oh, I do. I love a good... I have become so into like um, aromatherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so much more into like spiritual wellness now. Like I grew up in church and um, I thought like there was only like one way to experience God. Like you could only experience God in church. Um, but you experience God in all things. You experience God in the wilderness. You experience God in the city. Like I have learned to experience God in and yoga like yoga is honestly like when god talks to me most um when i am in the shower is when he talks to me and i think about like um there are feelings that are occurring there are smells there's i'm so hyper aware in my senses is when i experience god the most and so one of the things that i found is that um it's easier for people to be more spiritually conscious when the space, the atmosphere is set. There's a certain- I remember you've always spoken about setting the atmosphere. And yeah. yeah, scent is the strongest, the sense that strongest links to memory. And so, yeah, like you're creating experience. That's really cool. Yeah. So, okay. Insoles and room spray. <laughs> and nonstick cookware over here. Um, yeah. I'm going to keep that question for like everyone moving forward because I think it's so I cool. like it. I Thank like you. It. I came over the other day and I have like a whole list of things that I get excited about. The younger John would have been like, no. It'd be like a short segment. Shit, I wish I could tell younger Jonna or younger <laughs> me. It makes sense. Cause I would tell myself, first of all, I would not, I would have told myself not to go to college. Well, okay, hold on. Well, okay, that is a beautiful segue. You weren't even reading the agenda. I don't know how you knew this. If you could tell everyone just one thing that is some shit you wish someone told you. What would it be? Not to go to college? Mm, yes, not to go to college. For me. Okay. What about everyone else? Uh, well, I guess to, to I, I would say to do more research into going to college. I would tell everybody to do that. Like, don't just go to college because everybody says go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would, if I could tell everyone some shit I wish someone would have told me was to do my research and look into other avenues um, because I would not have gone to college. I think that's great advice. And yeah, I was going to ask why, but you already answered that. So thank you. Um, I think that's great advice because I know very few people who are actually doing what they went to college for, like in their major and so yeah i think that's good advice it's not don't do it but it's yeah like i would have mindful i would have gotten to trade honestly i would have i would have either been in the military which is what i wanted to do uh, because i wanted to be a drill sergeant Mm -hmm. um which i kind of are yeah you kind of are Uh, yeah I'm, i'm i'm still a drill sergeant um but i would i would have either been military or either i would have been like I would have had a trade so that I could mm-hmm. spend 50% in my trade and then 50% in my, with my business. Cause I've always been, I've always wanted to be in 
the fitness and wellness space, mm-hmm. um, more so the spiritual wellness space. Um, and I would have definitely leaned more into that rather than having spent so much time in school. Okay, cool. All right. Well, that's all the questions I have. So uh, where can they find you? What do you have going on? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Stephen Westbrook III. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. Um, so my the people that follow me are more on Facebook. Um, I'm, a, I'm of the generation of Facebook. Um, and uh, yeah, so we I do I teach at Soul Home in Philadelphia. It's a black owned yoga studio. Um, and we're doing some really great work in the POC space. Um, I just got some really cool uh, um, people from LA and I just found out some really great information. I guess it benefits me, but it, it empowers the DI work that I'm doing. There are like no Hispanic teachers in LA and it's full of Hispanic people in LA. Um, and I'm realizing there aren't any Spanish speaking bilingual teachers. Um, and it's one of the things that I've been working on um, is like uh, like freshening up my Spanish so that I can start making it available to Spanish speaking people. Um, but just looking at the, there's, there's no diversity in yoga. Like there's a few black people, there's a sprinkle of black people. Um, <laughs> It's like pepper. It's like what you ever cook grits. You cook grits and then you put some pepper in it. It's like you see the little. You just see a few black flakes and oh, it's like mostly white. That's how it. yoga is. Yoga looks I like think grits. About that every time I see grits now. <laughs> yep. Not perfect. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's, that's many black people are yoga instructors in the white space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mind you, and it's not. It's it's anyway. Anyway, that'll get me started on a whole nother conversation. But I'm doing this work about cultural appropriation in the yoga space and challenging big institutions um, to diversify their um, their black talent, their POC talent, um, and how to retain their POC talent. Um, and it's one of the things that I started when I was at Drexel. Um, and I, I'm doing it now that I'm working with Lifetime, really challenging them to... Um, diversify their spaces so that more people of color feel comfortable being in their space. Um, But, you know, all organizations that are focused on capitalism and making money, they're going to struggle with this. It's not just going to be universities. It's not going to be big business. Any organization that is focused on making money is going to struggle with diversity. Even I even challenge black owned spaces that predominantly only use black instructors figure out a way to make the space culture diverse <clears throat> yes have your own but then also make time for the other so that we don't exacerbate the idea of segregation because we still kind of live under that when we only have black on black only spaces and white only spaces and and asian only spaces or indian only spaces like it's really important that we create space for the other we talked about this making space at the table um and we're so focused on the fact that in white culture there's no space at the table that we go make our own table no be diligent until they make space at the table. And that's the work that I'm doing right now with the Yoga Fellowship, educating young black men, getting them yoga teacher certified and um, getting them into the the predominantly, you know, white led space of yoga. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's 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 what I'm doing right now. So a lot of coaching and training. So I I love the notion and I just want to point it out of well, we love what you're doing, first of all. The grits thing. I didn't mean to laugh, but like that was a funny visual for me. It's true. You know, um, I say stuff just to be funny, but, but it's true. It, it was a funny visual. Um, I love the notion of not like taking away, like creating our own, but instead of like adding to, yes. like, yeah, being diligent. And so anyone listening, watching, if you have insight, support, if you know somebody um, that could help Stephen with this, then definitely do reach out and tell somebody, let us know. Um, other than that, thank you for being here. Thank you for having this conversation. Um, we spoke all about flourishing again. This is the after party for episode 56. Should have where someone told me about flourishing and flourishing is an important part of, you know, knowing who you are and living a fulfilled life and being confident in that. And a lot of things or a lot of times I see people run into this, you know, issue where 
they read the books and they listen to podcasts like this. And then like, you know, they, they try it for a little bit, but then it kind of like wears off. And so it's something where it becomes very frustrating and it kind of leaves a bad taste in their mouth because they're like, well, this self-help shit, like it's, it's not, it's just, it's not helping. And so I created a free series that explains why that type of self-help does not help and what does instead from an evidence-based perspective. So if you're Mm -hmm. interested in that, you can head to, um, the link will be in the bio. If you are watching on YouTube or the description, um, or the link in my profile, like it'll be places, or you can DM me for it, or you can just visit when self help isn't helping.com all spelled out, no spaces, and you can get it there. So, um, thank you so much for being with us today. If you haven't checked out this episode again, please do so. If you got anything from this conversation, please do share it with a friend that helps us grow on Monday. So it's going to be July 4th. So, um, what, I mean, we're still, we're still going out with the episode, but Margo Harris of the Anxiety Warriors podcast is going to be joining us. And we're going to be having a conversation that follows up on the heels of this beautifully on how to create a life on your own terms and shit that we were someone would have told us about that. And so that's going to be available Monday, July 4th at 8 a.m. Eastern on YouTube or wherever you'd like to get your podcast fixed. So make sure to listen to it then. Uh, thank you again for being here. Have an amazing weekend, and we will see you next time when we share some more shit that we were someone to told us. Bye.